God ever asked you to do something that was bigger than you? How many of God ever asked you to do something bigger than you? And have you ever replied the way that I've replied at times when I told the Lord, uh, I think you got the wrong person. (laughs) Do you really think so? Lord, did you forget who I am? I know you're gracious and merciful, but you remember, right, Lord? It's amazing how you remind him of those things, and he just reminds you of the thing that he asked you to do. Sometimes in just doing life, has life ever been difficult for anybody here other than me? I'm like, Lord, I don't know how to do this. We moved to Florida. We had, um, was it, let's see, who was born? We had, we had two. And then, and Peggy had a difficult time uh, conceiving. And so, I think it was the Florida water for sure. We had three babies, like boom, 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 like four. That's right. We had Jim, Dan, twenty-two months we had you, seventeen months we had John. Holy mackerel! Twenty-three months we had man. I'm sure it was the water. That's the only thing I could figure out. Florida water. Watch out! Don't drink too much of it. I didn't know how to be a dad. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. It was just as, ir- you know, Peggy had six kids rather than five. I was so irresponsible. Will they ever make it? Will they stay out of jail? You know, will they go to college? Didn't know. Didn't know how to love them. Didn't know how to be a dad. Just didn't know. God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to run a business? How am I going to take care of this family? How am I really going to be everything I know God wants me to be? I don't know about you, but I've been stumped. Now, I, I want to say this. It'll make sense in a few moments. But I believe in the Pentecostal experience. I I believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I believe in speaking in tongues. How many believe that? And and it's not about doctrine. It's not about about, uh, religion or tradition. I grew up in a pretty much typical Pentecostal church. We were a little different than some of the, but we were non-denominational, but yet Pentecostal. I remember the ladies used to come with those bobby pins in their hair, you know? And you could tell what kind of service we had by how many bobby pins might be on the floor at the end of church. (laughs) 
And we used to have Sister Bayarash, my cousin's here, dad's the pastor. We had Sister Bayarash who would, who would just absolutely uh, scream when she felt the power of God and dance and scream. Who was it that was turning around, twirling around when, Tim, when you brought Tim to church and they knocked his glasses off? Oh, Aunt Mary, it had to be a relative. So he is courting Karen. Tim is courting Karen. And this is the, our, my pastor's uh, son-in-law and, and his daughter, Karen and Tim. Give them a good hand. Will you do that right there? So you know, you know how you pray. You know, sometimes you pray like, I hope sister so-and-so don't act up today because I have a guest. Well, Tim starts courting Karen. Of course, she had to come to church. And I think, I don't know if Karen never said, but she probably prayed one of those prayers. You know, he's not going to like me after church. So let things be quiet. Well, Aunt Mary used to spin when she worshiped. I mean, and throw her arms. And well, Tim was there close enough. She knocked his glasses off. I don't know if he was scared or not. Were you, Tim? He was a Baptist boy. She said, I, he said, I grabbed my glasses off the ground and ran out the door, as a good Baptist boy should. It's not about none of that. It's not about if you shout, if you dance. It's not about that. It's not, not, not about that. It's really not about that. But, so I'm not Pentecostal. I don't believe in the Pentecostal experience because I just like the songs they sing or the way they hoot or the way they do whatever. I, I believe in it because of desperation. I am desperate for the power and the anointing of God to be in my life. If we're anything here, we are a presence people. Turn to somebody and tell them we're a presence people. We long for the presence of God. We long for the power and the anointing, and we long for the spirit of the living God. Little gal, she's 16 years old, maybe 16. The angel of the Lord appears to her. Her name is Mary. She's kind of sort of like engaged to Joseph. He hasn't taken her home yet. And the angel begins to talk to her uh, about this, this child she's going to have. He says, Mary, you're highly favored. And then begins to talk to her about this child she's going to have. He's going to be great. He's going to be God with us. He shall save his people from their sins. And she interrupts the angel. I don't know how you interrupt an angel, but she interrupted him. I guess that's the power of a woman. She said, wait a minute. 
Mr. Angel, we, uh, we need to have a conversation here. She said, how shall this be? She said, I, I, I don't know a man. I've never been intimate with a man. I'm not married yet. And I have not been intimate. How is it possible that in my womb a child is going to grow? And not just any old child. A child who will be God with us. A, a, a child who someday will be the king of glory. A child that will bring redemption. A child that will, will bring salvation. How is that going to grow inside of my womb? How is that possible? I, I like the answer that the angel gave to Mary. And the, angel, the answer that the angel gave to Mary is the same answer God has for you. Whatever you're facing, whatever mountain you're trying to climb, whatever valley you're trying to walk through, whatever it is that you are contending for in your life and in the things of God in your life, the answer is the same. Let me just say this. God has always had a womb that he wanted to make sure had a child. Moses, Abraham. So many times we find out that those, those patriarchs of old, their mothers had difficulty bringing them into the world. And by a miracle, God saw that they conceived in their womb and brought forth a child. God has always had a womb that he was looking to plant seed in. And like Mary, we also have a womb. Turn to somebody and tell them, you might be a man, but you have a womb. See, we have a spiritual womb, and like Mary, we are called to bring forth Christ in everything in our lives. If you're not pregnant, somehow you got disconnected. God's people should be pregnant. Well, don't be running around here trying to act like you're pregnant because your belly's big. Oh, I think I'm pregnant. I'm talking about your spiritual womb should be pregnant. And we should always be giving birth to Christ on the earth. See, this is not about doctrine. It's not about 
theology. It's not about whether we comb our hair to the left or to the right. It's not about magnifying the name of our church or even the things we may do in the community. This is about bringing Christ to broken humanity over and over and over and over again. It's about us becoming pregnant with the purpose and the plan of God. And it's about us bringing forth Christ. (coughs) He is the theme of every book of the Bible. Will somebody say amen with me? Whatever revelation you have. However, you have broken down the times and the seasons. In the end, it speaks all of the person of Jesus Christ. Put your hands together. Give God some praise with me. And so I like this answer. And it's the answer that God has for you. If you've ever said to him, how is this going to happen? I remember when Pat Barnes and his wife, Jessica, first came here. I call Pat, Patty Waddy. That's my name for him. He's, I get away with it. Don't you try it. <laughs> Pat was messed up, jacked up, in and out of trouble forever. And Jessica was broken, addicted, scary looking. (laughs) Jessica looked like she was dead. Somebody resurrected her and then shot her again. She was worn out. Sin had worn her out. She was at the lowest place in her life. Carrying such burden of life. But look at them now. I said, look at them now. I'm sure they said, how can this ever be? But look at them now. And so the angel said to Mary, you know the story, don't you? Let me just read it word by word here. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Spirit. Everyone say the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also... The Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. How am I going to become pregnant with the Messiah, with the Christ, the Anointed One? And the Holy Spirit shall overshadow you. That's your answer this morning. How am I going to do it? How am I going to make it? How am I going to be all that God has called me to be? And the Holy Spirit 
shall overshadow you. Now, the neat thing about the Holy Ghost, in the Old Testament, it fell on them. But now, it just doesn't fall on us. It has made an abide in us. Come on, somebody, say amen with me. Now, let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. I, I, I'll use the word Holy Spirit, but I like to use the old way we used to say it, the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Anybody help me out there say the Holy Ghost? I got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost. And he got me. He got me. He got me. He got me. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I got the Holy Ghost. He got me. Oh, you need to do that. You're going to feel better. Not only is he in me, but he also overshadows me. And he also goes before me. And he also surrounds me. Come on, somebody. Say hallelujah with me. Now, let me tell you something about the spirit of God that's in you. The spirit of God that's in you is for you. But the spirit that overshadows you is for those that you come in contact with every single day. Come on, give the Lord some praise with me. Somebody needs that Holy Ghost that's inside of you to come on out for a while. I'm, I'm doing my best. Oh, come on and give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. I'm going to go with hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, yeah. You can tell she was raised a Presbyterian. Hallelujah. <laughs> Go ahead and don't stop drinking now, sister. You are, you got us. We're, we're getting ready to belly up to the bar. I hope there's more. When the angel tells her that she's going to be with child... The conflict is more than the fact that she, she doesn't know a man. She understands by the things that the angel says to her 
that he is talking about she is going to bring forth the man child or she's going to bring forth the Messiah. He is the one, Emmanuel, God with us. He is the one that will save his people from their sins. She understands this is no ordinary child. This is about the Messiah. This is about the King of Kings. This is about the Lord of Lords. This is about the God of glory. This is about the one that was and is and is to come. This is about the Almighty God is going to be formed inside of her womb. She heard the teachings of the coming of the Messiah. She's a little Jewish girl. She knows what the angel's talking about. So this is no light moment. No wonder she says, how is this going to be? Let me say this to you. The Holy Spirit was evident and involved in, the, in Mary receiving the seed to be able to conceive and bring forth the God of glory. The Holy Spirit was there. Read the book of Isaiah. Read the, the book of Micah. Both Isaiah and Micah prophesy about 800 years prior to the coming of Christ, to the birth of Christ. They never got together. They never compared notes. Isaiah is prophesying about this child that would be born. And Micah is also prophesying at the same time. It had to be the spirit of the living God. It had to be the purpose of God. God took Isaiah and told about his birth and God took Micah. They were never connected. Let me tell you the difference between the two of them. Isaiah was a palatial prophet. He hung out in the palace. We had a man... He used to visit our church up in Pennsylvania. His name was Steve Wilbur. Steve Wilbur was a brilliant, brilliant man. He used words that long. Brilliant. And we were at Pinecrest, and your dad was preaching the convention, not convention, the graduation and convention. And I was there. And they had a prayer line. They were praying for students that were getting ready to graduate. And Steve Wilbur was like an Isaiah. He was a palatial prophet. Steve Wil Wilbur prayed over this young man and he said, And the Lord shall bless thee in thy cranial regent. I was like, is that in the Bible somewhere? In thy cranial regent. There's another brother. His name was Luther Blackwell. Luther was at the same place at the same time at Pinecrest. And Luther, who was a brother, a real brother, I mean like a real brother from another mother, but a real brother, he was a brother. And, and Luther began to pray over this young man in the same line, a different young man. And he said, and the Lord is going to blow your mind. Yeah. 
That's the difference between these two prophets. Micah was the guy that would say, and the Lord is going to blow your mind. But the palatial prophet Isaiah would have said, and the Lord shall bless thee in thy cranial region. They never got together. But the spirit of the Lord, 800 years before the birth of Christ, both of them prophesied about the virgin, about the place he would be born. They prophesied about his death by the spirit of God. This is no light thing. The coming of Christ is no light thing. It's no light thing. It is, it, it is the fulfillment of the prophecies and the fulfillment of the teachings. Come on, somebody say hallelujah with me. This is no light thing. I mean, our calendar is divided before Christ and after Christ. Time balances on the, on, uh, you know, the fulcrum is the birth of Christ. So no wonder a thousand years prior to the birth of Christ, the psalmist writes messianic psalms. His birth, his ministry, his death is all told prior to this thing we read about with Mary. But the purpose of God, the plan of God, the acceleration of the promises and the prophets are going to come to pass in the womb of that young lady. And the Holy Spirit, everybody say, and the Holy Spirit, say it, say it the way we used to say, and the Holy Ghost was present at that moment. Wow. It is what they call... The Feast of Tabernacles. During the Feast of Tabernacles, they celebrated those 40 years that they wandered in the wilderness and God delivering them out of the wilderness. The Feast of Tabernacles, also called the Feast of Booths, those, it was for eight days. Every single day they made sacrifice. Let me just say this to you, just stop right there. If you run into a Jew, thank them because they are the ones that recorded, prophesied, and really, truthfully gave us as a nation this salvation that we possess today. Come on, someone say amen with me. That's why we need to stand by Israel. Thank a Jew. Thank them. You don't even have to tell them what you have, but thank them because it was the Jewish people that passed this down that we might enjoy this salvation. Someone say hallelujah with me. It is the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. They would move out of their house. They would build these booths and they would stay in there for eight days. Seven days they made sacrifice for all kinds of things. 
for the harvest, for produce, for resources, for peace, for other nations, they made sacrifices. On the eighth day, the eighth day was a special day. Turn to somebody and tell them the eighth day was a special day. It was different than the other seven. Something different happened that day when it came to sacrifice. The sacrifices that were made were made specifically in behalf of the people of God. Whatever happens on the eighth day, it's for the people of God. For the nation of Israel itself. Say that with me, because it's going to make sense in a second. Say, on the eighth day was a special day. And the sacrifices were in behalf of those who belonged to him. On that day, Jesus stands up and makes reference. I'm going to read it to you. John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and he cried out. Another translation says he cried aloud. This was the day when there was going to be a proclamation of how that the people of God were going to benefit as a result of the sacrifices that were made that day. And Jesus stands up. Jesus must have been Pentecostal because the Bible says he, cry, he cried aloud. If he cried, it was with great emotion, with great passion. He cried aloud because he wanted everyone to hear what he was about to say. So I'm not going to raise my voice any more than I've already raised my voice because I don't have a whole lot of voice left. But I wish I could blow a, a, a horn. I wish I could blow something that would just shake you so deeply that you would, I would get not only your attention of here, but something on the inside of you would stand up and say, I need to listen to what's about to be said. Notice the rest of this. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, another scripture says, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke Concerning the spirit 
who those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. On that great day, Jesus made an announcement. This is what he said. He said, the spirit of the living God is available to each and every one of you. That was the highlight of the day. Oh, we somewhere way back where, somewhere back there, we remember. Does anybody remember the day you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Anybody remember that? And how many uh, have not yet received the infilling of the Holy Spirit? Lift your hand. There's no shame in that. Anybody here have not received it? Anyone? No? Okay, everybody has it. Oh, good. I remember that day. I was baptized the Sunday before. And we didn't have a baptismal tank, so we borrowed a church and borrowed the baptismal tank. It was a little Baptist church in Rollett, Pennsylvania. And it had a wooden deck in it. I don't know why it had like a wooden deck in it, although it was a tank. We never were invited back to that Baptist church <laughs> because when I got baptized, I started jumping up and down and broke out the bottom of the baptismal tank. Doesn't make you any more spiritual than anyone else, but it's a lot more fun. The next evening, I'm at my aunt Dorothy's house. And everywhere you went when we were kids, there was another prayer meeting. You couldn't get away from it. We go over there to play Monopoly, and it turns into a prayer meeting. It's kind of like a minor thing, if you know what I mean, minor thing. So we go. It turns into a Bible study and a prayer meeting. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit that night with the evidence of speaking in tongues under her coffee table. And I went home and spoke in tongues all night long. Come on, somebody say amen with me. When I got up the next day, it was like the first time I ever seen the flowers in my life. Let me tell you something. Being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of speaking in other tongues is a real thing. Come on, say hallelujah with me. Jesus says, if any man thirst... Are you thirsty? So, you know, back then, if I would have just was content to break out the tank in the baptismal tank and spend a few hours under my aunt's coffee table speaking in tongues, and that was the end of it, then that would have been the end of it. The apostles said, be filled 
with the Spirit. Everybody say, be filled with the Spirit. That word filled is not one experience at one time. That word filled means to be filled and to be filled and to be filled. Everybody say filled. And to be filled 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 filled some more. Filled to overflowing. Where's that nice sweet music at, Dan? I need some music. Did you text him, Aaron? He's at the beach. Michael, you got some music? We got to set him up. No, Michael, shut the music off. You know what I hope? I hope your hunger this morning sets you up. I hope your desperation for ongoing flow of the Holy Spirit in your life sets you up. Because I'm going to ask every one of you that are hungry. Say, well, I, I spoke in, I spoke in tongues yesterday. Well, how about today? Or I felt the Spirit yesterday. Let me, let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. When I'm not in that place, now God never leaves you. But sometimes we leave that place. When, I, when I'm not in that place, I am the most miserable creature on the face of the earth. How about you? Oh, that was a weak amen. We got four honest people here. I am desperate. I'm hungry. I hope that you are so. Because the hungry are always fed. And the thirsty always get a drink of water. Come on, someone say hallelujah with me. So I want you to stand to your feet with me. Aaron, could you move that? Now, Jonathan, as you know, we had five children. John was next to the youngest. And Jonathan was always, hopefully you can't hear me. Can you hear me, John? Jonathan was the perfect baby. I don't know what happened to him other than the fact that he married Kim, so I don't know what happened to the poor boy. He never cried. Even when he was hungry, he never cried. You know how babies do that. When they're hungry, they cry. And mama feeds them and they stop crying. Jonathan never cried. Never. So Peggy would get busy corralling Aaron and the others. And she'd say to me, she'd say, did, John, did I feed Jonathan? I'm like... I don't know. Do you think you fed him? I said, she said, I think I did, but I'm not sure. I'd say, how could you not know you fed the baby? I said, well, because the others, they would cry when they were hungry, but he doesn't cry. Well, I'll tell you one thing, something, somebody fed him. 
But sometimes you have to put your hunger and your thirst on display. He said, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me. Without that cry, there would have been no answer. So I'm going to ask you to do something. If you are thirsty, if you are desperate, if you're looking for the answer of how am I going to do this, and the Holy Spirit shall overshadow you. I want everyone that is thirsty with your hands lifted up make your way to this altar come and come now come come on come 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 on make your way here lift your hands to heaven 